0: This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek. And I have another fun replay episode for you to listen to. This one was done uh, back in last fall or summertime. And it's one that actually I have referred people to numerous times in the past couple of weeks. So I figure, you know, if the conversation keeps coming up multiple times, why not just put it right back in, and do a replay episode of this? Because the information is still really, really important and it's really valid and it keeps coming up in my life. With people that I'm talking to so I wanted to make it uh, available again. So this topic that we're talking about is what is the root cause of almost all disease and I will get into it in this episode but just to kind of frame it for you, you hear the phrase root cause a lot. It's, it's in the functional medicine world it's talked about all the time and for good reason because at its truest definition finding the root of something is how you can hopefully abolish any symptoms or any disease. So I give a lot of examples in this episode or a couple examples in this episode about um, what the root cause could mean for different things, but I do tie it into what we think or what social media is dubbing as root cause of illness is actually not yet the root. We can take it one step further and be closer to finding the root of certain health conditions. So I will get into that in this episode, And as you're listening, I want you to think of any condition that you may have been diagnosed with, maybe a family history condition that is somewhere floating around in your family tree, or maybe you have some sort of symptom like fatigue or weight gain or migraines or gut issues. And I want you to kind of, put what I'm saying into context. So it's relevant for you and kind of walk through how I get to the root cause of certain things. Uh, So you can kind of play along as you listen and um, let me know what you discover, what kind of pops up for you. You can reach out to me on social media or send me an email. I'd love to hear how this is applying or how you're applying this information to what you're experiencing. All right, let's get started on that episode. I was in a discussion with a few people a couple of weeks ago, and when I brought this up, they were like, what? I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about it that way. And um, well, let's just dive in. So the conversation that I want to have today is all about the root cause. So I know if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me mention root cause before as a clinical nutritionist and kind of more of a holistically minded person. Root cause is what everyone strives for right? Like if you have a condition, if you have any type of symptom, and you're you're trying to figure out you're trying to get to the source, the root cause of what is causing that symptom, because when you address the root, you can essentially fix the problem, right? So root cause is something that most people in the functional medicine or holistic kind of world will talk about you see it thrown around a lot on social media, at least I do thank you to the algorithm. But I want to talk a little bit about what the root cause of almost all disease is. What is every illness, condition or disease rooted in? Now, if you ask different people, you'll get different things, you'll get different answers. If you ask a gastroenterologist, they might say all disease begins in the gut, you know, you've probably seen that meme floating around too. Uh, Which I used to think as well, I used to be like, Oh, yeah, I got to focus on gut health. Everything's rooted in the gut. If you ask a neurologist, they may say all all illness or issues start in your neurons and, and how they're able to communicate. If you ask a cardiologist, they may say it's a valve or a heart thing or issue. But that's still not getting to the core, right? The gut, the neurons, the heart, all of those rely on one thing to keep them performing at their best. And that is your nutrition and what nutrients you're putting in your body. Obviously, as a nutritionist, of course, I'm going to say that, right? I mean, I love a good gut health and poop conversation, but healing the gut and improving digestion always, always goes back to what nutrients or enzymes are off balance or deficient or in excess of to cause the issue with the gut. If there is a neurology issue. What cofactors, nutrients, enzymes are off balance deficient or in excess to cause the chain of events to happen within each neuron that is giving the undesirable outcome. There's no secret that nutrition, you know, whatever you put in your body, what your body does with each nutrient, what potential additives or preservatives or toxins are involved. It's all incredibly important. And when it's out of balance, it can lead to disease, illness, or undesirable conditions. But I want to throw a curveball at you and take it one step deeper. What is your nutrition rooted in? I always talk about root cause, right? We we just went over that. Getting to the source of the problem so that we can address it and essentially resolve the problem is the goal of kind of looking for the root cause. If disease is rooted in our nutrition, what is your nutrition rooted in? Follow follow me upstream for a second. I'm, I'm a very visual person, so you're you're sitting on an island that is a disease, and then you go upstream to the nutrition, which feeds into that that you know island. That's a horrible metaphor, but stay with me. What is your nutrition being fed from? It's our food choices, beliefs and habits. Think about it. Let's take high blood pressure, for example. That's an incredibly common condition right now. I mean, it has been for decades um, to be diagnosed with. But when you peel back the layers, and I've done two previous episodes on high blood pressure, when you peel back the layers of high blood pressure, it's caused by a few things. One, stress. Two, sometimes they're genetics. Three, lifestyle, like smoking or, or poor sleep. But what do all of those have in common? Nutrition. So how and what you eat can improve your stress. Let's take stress as the first example. How and what you eat can improve your stress response. This has been shown time and time again. If you have stress and supply your body with the enzymes and nutrients it needs to support itself, the stress response will be lower and less impactful. There's a whole rabbit hole we can actually go down, and and I'll probably do it in future episodes related to GABA and serotonin and dopamine. Serotonin, for example, is a, a happy neurotransmitter that helps us feel good. In order to create, our body creates it. In order to create serotonin, the body needs adequate amounts of B6 and tryptophan. Where do we find those? Food, nutrition. It's in turkey, it's in veggies. Those are the things that that I'm talking about. Genetics was another cause that I just mentioned. How your DNA forms has everything to do with available nutrients. I'm not a geneticist, so I won't go down this path on this episode. I look forward to future episodes when I can hopefully get a a geneticist or somebody to talk about nutrigenetics, nutrigenomics on here. Um, But different genetic SNPs can result in the body not being able to synthesize or break down certain nutrients, which results in disease. Depending on what it is, supplementation and maybe targeted food choices can help. But again, it's nutrition. The third contributor I mentioned was lifestyle. Now, you may be thinking, how are smoking and nutrition related? Well, at one example, there's many, but one example, someone who smokes increases their inflammation and exposure to toxins, right? And I don't want to just pick on smokers. Um, Any tobacco, any tobacco users or um, vaping. I haven't seen a whole lot of studies on vaping and nutrition, but I am going to lump them all together for the simplicity of this example. Um, So so it's not a secret that that tobacco use increases your inflammation in your body and exposes you to toxins. That's usually where the link to high blood pressure kind of stops. You know, like, oh, they're they're inflamed. So that's why they have high blood pressure. But here's another example. Tobacco use also depletes the body of vitamin C. Smokers or tobacco users need on average at minimum, sometimes double the vitamin C in their body that non-smokers need. For one, vitamin C is an antioxidant and helps to clear free radicals from the tobacco. But two, tobacco interferes with the body's absorption of vitamin C. So even if you as a tobacco user ate an adequate amount of vitamin C through foods or supplementation, you're likely not absorbing most of it because it's being blocked by the tobacco. Nutrition can be linked to anything, either directly or indirectly. I love playing this game. If you want to send me some examples be like, well, how is that related to nutrition? I'd be happy to play that game with you. It's kind of a fun exercise. Sleep is another one. I'm, I'm floored by the number of people who aren't getting a decent, good quality sleep. I'm not even talking about how many hours you're sleeping. I'm talking about the good quality of your sleep. If you aren't eating enough during the day, or if you're riding that hypo hyperglycemic roller coaster throughout the day, or if you eat something that spikes your blood sugar right before bed, and then it causes it to crash in the middle of the night, you're going to wake up and you're going to have disrupted sleep glucose, insulin, and cortisol all need to play nice together in the sandbox for you to have a decent night's sleep. And that is all related to nutrition, timing of foods, food choices, all of it is related. Of course, the obvious next thing to think about if you have poor sleep would be how that then the next day impacts your food choices. So if you are tired and exhausted and just feeling dragging run down, it's harder to prepare healthy, supportive foods. It's harder to want to cook something. It's easier to grab the easiest or fastest thing, which is sometimes, dare I say, usually not the most optimal for you. And then that cycle continues. So you can see how nutrition can be at the root of a host of illness and involved in the chain of reactions for many different scenarios. But your habits, your beliefs, and food choices start that chain of events. We make the choice of what to eat daily, multiple times per day, actually, for most people. Even when you think you don't have a choice, you almost always do. You have the choice on how much to eat. You have the choice to not eat something if it's not going to support your goals. You have the choice to plan ahead. You have the choice to prioritize your time differently. You have choices. Sometimes our history or our emotions around food can prevent us from making food changes. You may tell yourself, I can't eat more veggies, it's too expensive, or I'm just not a breakfast eater, or I don't have that time to cook, or I'm too tired to cook. Or worse, you may feel guilty or ashamed about the food choices you did or possibly didn't make for that day. Our beliefs around food drives our actions. Actions that are repeated create habits. Habits form the long-term picture of your health. I'm going to say that again. Our beliefs around food drives our actions. Our actions, when they're repeated, create habits. Our habits then form the long-term picture of our health. You won't develop an illness by having one soda one day. But if you have multiple sodas or large amounts of soda daily for, say, decades, this can lead to an undesirable outcome. The same also goes for healthy habits. If you eat a stock of broccoli once, you don't abolish all disease in your body. But if you eat multiple servings of broccoli or other veggies daily, you support your body in the prevention of disease. But all of that comes from your habits and your beliefs around food. And I want to clarify when I say beliefs around food. We develop these beliefs from our childhood, from our environment, from influences along the way throughout the course of our life. So if you happen to be younger, you maybe are not as exposed to as many. If you happen to be older, you may have gotten bombarded (laughs) for the majority of your life. It's all different for all people but the beliefs that you have form your actions. So if you are doing some actions that you are not happy with, if you have developed a habit, you are not happy with all of that is changeable. All of it. I've seen it happen many, many times. All of it is changeable. You just have to know kind of where it starts in order to make some changes and implement some changes. So why does any of this matter? I've seen it so many times, especially recently for some reason that people are coming to me very confused on how to eat. Should I do keto? Should I count macros? Should I go vegan? Should I intermittently fast? All of these are a decoy. They're all a decoy. Diets are decoys to the actual work that needs to be done. If you don't refresh or revamp your core habits and mindset around food. It will prevent you from making lasting change. It is my true and honest belief that this is the reason why most diets fail. Yes, some of them are very impractical and unrealistic, but even the more kind of balanced ones, people fail at. And I don't want to say fail, that's a really harsh word, but they, to use some of their words, they fall off the wagon, they fall off track, they fail, whatever you want to call it even the balanced ones, people resort back to their old habits after a while just because they didn't do that groundwork that allows for the habits to change in the first place. I hope that makes sense. I've spent a lot of years studying habits and habit change, and I'm just scratching the surface here in this episode, but I wanted to start this conversation because I feel it's important and it's not really being talked about as much as I feel like it should be so many people label themselves as failures and, and they lack the willpower and all of these things that we all have probably told ourselves or hear friends say or family members say, when it's not, it's just you're still rooted in your core habit. And that is the thing that you need to address not how many macros you have, not how many grams of whatever you're eating. It's The core habits that's going to build the long-term actions or the the core beliefs that's going to build the long-term actions that's going to develop into the habits that you want to see. All right, I hope you found this replay episode helpful for you. Again, this is something that keeps coming up multiple times throughout the week for me and talking with people. So I wanted to readdress it and have it be available so that people can see if that's kind of what's triggering them and what is the root cause for them. Most of the time, when you find yourself in this loop of you cannot make a change, you keep resorting back to old habits, you know, you feel like you're falling off the wagon, whatever we want to label it as, it's a belief thing. It's a habit thing. It's an action thing. And it's not as simple sometimes as just, well, I'm just going to change my actions because our actions are rooted in our beliefs. So it really makes sense for a lot of people to address some of the beliefs. And when I say belief, I didn't really get into that in this previous episode, but when I say beliefs, these are the things like when people say eating healthy is too expensive or they say, um, sugar's bad for me, I can't have any sugar ever or they say, fat is bad for me, fat will make me fat. those are all beliefs. and I've said this before on on previous episodes. a belief is just a thought that you continue to think. It doesn't make it a fact, as we know. I know I, I'm beating the dead horse with this, but fat does not make you fat, right? So we've we've uncovered this from the '80s and '90s. Like this, it, it that whole myth needs to stay there and it needs to go away. But it's it's some people's belief still. But it doesn't make it fact. It doesn't make it true. There's a difference between a fact and a belief. So. When you are going through this episode, maybe you have to replay it again to listen to it again. That's fine. But... Think about your life. Think about your symptoms. Are you feeling fatigued? What could be the cause of that? Is it a nutrient depletion or nutrient deficiency issue? Is it basic sleep you're not getting enough of? Is it stress? Is it an autoimmune condition that's zapping your energy? You know, there's a lot of layers to what could be at the root. And sometimes it's not just one thing. It could be multiple things. But what do you have an impact on? What are your modifiable things that you can change that will have an impact on how you're feeling, especially when it comes to nutrition. And nutrition is a very personal, a very emotional, or can be type of uh, thing that we are all managing on a daily basis. So if you think that some of your core beliefs are the cause of you staying stuck in a cycle of I try this thing, it fails. I try another thing, it fails. I try this, that, another thing, it fails. I'm still not seeing results reach out to me. Let's try and uncover some of your probably or possibly stuck beliefs that if you kind of let those free, do some work on those, then you can hopefully start to see the results you want to see. So I do offer, like I've said before, a free 20 minute consultation. During this consultation, I'm not going to give you all the answers you've ever wanted in your life, because I don't know those until we dive deep. But what that does give you the opportunity is to tell me your story, tell me what you're experiencing. I will let you know kind of what I hear from a nutritional perspective and how I think we could help move you forward. So if you're interested in that, please click the link below or go to my website that uh, it says uh, Let's Chat and we can set up that free consultation and I'm happy to talk more about how your beliefs could possibly be keeping you stuck. All right, everyone, I hope you had a wonderful day and I hope you enjoyed listening to this and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye.